Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for Round 23 of the NRL, proudly brought to you by Sequel. Uh, yeah, let's get into the games. Thursday night, Roosters, pretty solid win by the Roosters, 26 points to 16 over a Seagulls team that was somewhat playing for their season. I mean, they're still only one point outside the top eight, but yeah, it's, it's going to make it very difficult with the draw that they've got coming up there. So it was a bit of a disappointing effort from Manly, um, in my opinion, at the SCG on Thursday night. Uh, I thought the Roosters outplayed them for the majority of the game. And, you know, yeah, like I said, that was, that was pretty surprising because the Seagulls seemingly had more more to play for there. Uh, Manly... If you look at their draw they've got coming up, they've got the Panthers and then the Warriors, and then they finish off with two games they should win against the Bulldogs and the Tigers. But it's looking like there's a bit of a logjam there at the bottom of the eight and just outside the eight. So it's looking like they'll probably have to win three out of four because they had that draw early in the season, so they're one point out of the eight. Um, I don't think they'll, they'll get in with two out of four. I think three out of four could get them in, but they, to be sure they'd have to win four out of four, which is pretty tough. I mean, the way the Panthers are going, the way the Warriors are going, um, yeah, it's almost curtains for Manly. Uh, from Supercoach point of view, Billy Smith, yeah, he turned up. He turned up about two and a half minute, months uh, late uh, for all those Supercoach owners that brought him in like I did, 100 points for Billy Smith. But, no, nah, he looked good. I mean, keep an eye out for him next year. He might be someone. Uh, who might turn up in a rejuvenated Rooster side. Joey Manu put a bit of egg on the face of all those super coaches who traded him out this week with a 97. All these are – oh, actually, I think these ones have been updated, but all the rest of the scores haven't really been updated. The the boys have been uh, off on holiday. So, um, you know, there's, there's probably some significant up, updates to come to games after this. Teddy, 71, which is solid. Um, he's probably not in that top echelon of fullbacks at the moment, in my opinion, but 71, it's pretty good. Uh, Ola Kuatu seems to be finishing the season well, 79. Garrick, 62. Yeah, that's acceptable, but, you know, with these couple of games coming up where they play the Panthers and they play the Warriors, is Garrick a trade-out? I mean, there's not a lot of trades hanging around, so you're probably going to stick with him, but... I certainly don't think he'll be he'll be posting scores that eighty plus against Panthers and the Warriors. I mean, the last two weeks of the season, yeah, he might be. 
Uh, if you're in a situation like me where you're mainly down to your head-to-head and, and I lost uh, my 1v4 matchup this week, uh, well, it looks like I have unless I get a great turn of events uh, on updates. I'm down by about 25. Uh, then you're really probably going to have to throw mo- almost everything into this next week. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at. Okay, early Friday night game, the Warriors 28 points to 18 Winners over the Titans at the Gold Coast. I thought the Warriors were way off, way off the level they've played at um, in their, their recent run anyway. They they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, yeah, they just look like they, you know, might have been through a hard training phase, which can sometimes happen, and they just come out and, yeah, they looked a bit sluggish. But they found enough to get the job done. I mean, it did help the send-off, obviously. Uh, when Chan's got flattened there, the send-off made a big difference because that one player short. But I thought the Titans showed a little bit of grit, and they did last week as well uh, to beat the Cowboys. So they, they've, they're sort of showing a bit of that grit that probably got Holbrook sacked, the fact that they look like a bit of a soft side uh, with all those second-half leads that they gave up, and some of them were significant leads, you know. Uh, so... I think they've made a little bit of a change there and it's it's good to see it might all go well for next year. Uh, Sean Johnson, he is just in unbelievable form. I was just so happy I traded him in for Nico um, during that game, although, like, I saw Nico went pretty much 100. So there might be a net return there of 50 for me, so that would probably make the trade well worthwhile, but it's probably going to depend on what's going to happen the next few weeks because uh, the Sharks could bounce back into form now. They had that big win against um, South Sydney. But, yeah, 146 before updates. Really happy with uh, Sean Johnson. bit dirty. I didn't put the VC or C on him, so I did like him, but I went trail mitt, and that's probably cost me my head-to-head matchup. Uh, Jackson Ford, yeah, he had a five-round average of 62 coming into the game, and with the try, he, he hadn't had a try for about Five games, I think. So with the try, he got an 89. Don't be surprised if that updates up uh, somewhere near 95, maybe 100. So that's a pretty good score if you still got Jackson Ford. He's, he's delivered uh, as a, you know, cheapy second row. I'm not sure how many people have still kept him this whole time. Tohu Harris got his first try of the year. It's good to see for Tohu. I had him but didn't play him. So I was sort of holding him as a third front rower. But, yeah, he might be a play. I mean, a bit of that ball play in there. Jazzy Tabunga's back. So um, they will try and go through teams rather than around them to start with the Warriors. And then, you know, once they draw teams in, they'll they'll push the ball out wide. But, yeah, 78 for Tohu scored the big try. That sort of sealed the game from there. Adam Fenor, Blake, 55. Jeez, he looks so much better than that. And that ha- that's that's happened. That's been happening for a few years. Like you watch the game and you just go, "How good is AFB going?" But you know, he's late footwork. He carries three and four players, but he doesn't necessarily compute to anything other than two points for the eight meter plus run. Uh, so he doesn't fully break the tackle or anything like that. So whereas you know, you see someone like a Nico Hines, and he often like runs sideways puts a palm out and sort of just touches someone and then offloads the ball and that's six that's sort of like five five points for him depending how far he's run but um 
yeah, you got it. Really, is a different game, Supercoach. You got to look for those players that get those cheap sort of points with offloads and and tackle breaks because they can be gold. And unfortunately, AFB is not really one of those. Uh, Jaden Campbell, geez, he looks good at the fullback spot. Like they say, a lot of the commentators say he plays a lot of backyard footy. Ninety-one Supercoach points. Uh, obviously, got the big intercept try. Uh, Day for feeder. One of my biggest regrets, not being able to get him in. 87, got one of those soft dummy half tries. Uh, close to the line, he's almost impossible to stop, particularly if you've got a little fullback like Tane to a picky there. Uh, he's just going to find him every day of the week and he gets into dummy half. He's just too strong, his upper body strength. So, yeah, good for feeder owners there. Chance Nickel Clockstad, uh, obviously that was a big turning point in the game with the send-off and he got knocked out of the game. Ended up on 15. The injury has some implications for the New Zealand Warriors out, outside backs, mainly DWZ. I mean, if CNK was out there for the rest of that game, you could argue that he scores maybe one or two more tries than he did. Um, and if he's out for next week, that might continue to be a little bit clunky, the attack. Although I do, I do really rate. Uh, tame to a picky, like he's diminutive in stature, but um, yeah, he's he's been a great uh, backup fullback for for the Waz. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But just take that into mind. I mean, you probably can't do much about it now if you have Dallin Martinez, Lozaniak. You've just got to ride it out. But certainly, if um, yeah, if uh, Chance Nickel clocks that is out for an extra week or an extra two with that head knock because he's had a few this this year then that's going to affect their, their attack moving forward. Late game Friday night, uh, the Panthers just keep on trucking along. 26 points to six winners over the Storm. To be honest, uh, once I heard that Jerome Hughes and Xavier Coates were out, I just gave the Storm no chance. Their season is really hinging on the return of uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, and I haven't had a chance to have a look at the highlights of how he went for Sunshine Coast Falcons. Um, in the Q Cup on the weekend. But if he's anywhere near his best, I think like maybe, yeah, the, they'll get that time in his legs, but they'll probably bring him back next week and just use him off the bench um, unless they really feel like he needs another 80-minute hit out. But he's a class player. I wouldn't think he'd need too much time in the Q Cup. But he can really provide that X factor. Like, I mean, they're a top-four team at the moment and they've done it without him. So, um, you know... If he can get anywhere near his best, then they've got to be a chance of sort of challenging some teams, particularly with his speed around the rucks um, and that type of thing. He can really test defences. Ah, on the Panthers, I mean, I just keep thinking, like, if it was an Eng- English Premier League-style comp, the NRL, the Panthers would start just very prohibitively short odds for first past the post. And I suppose that's a minor premiership, you know, like if you're smart enough to to um, have an investment on them for the minor premiership, then well done to you. But percentages-wise, they just play the percentages so well. They're so likely to win the way they play. Um, They don't necessarily rack up big scores all the time, but their defence is so good and the way that they're prepared to grind it out and just finish in a corner and just really belcher and back their discipline and back their defensive systems. It is really good to watch. So they've um, made an art form of it. But 
I do think they can be beaten in a semi-final or a final. Like, I mean, that's the nature of the game they play, particularly if they get behind. Um, you know, if a team can challenge them early or even, you know, with offloads. So offloads and kicks are some of the things that can probably break them up a little bit. They have got pretty good kick defence, though. So, yeah, I mean, they they are favourites to win the comp, and rightly so, and it's going to be a good team that beats them. But, yeah, I don't think they're unbeatable, but I certainly think they deserve to be favourites. Okay, Brian Toto. This is the one I've missed. I really wish I had him. Uh, I've got three trades left. He might have to be one of my last three trades, but I'm gonna have to have a look at it. It's just gonna it's gonna be a money issue as well. But uh, I think got two tries, 103 points. But yeah, he's certainly a player I'd like to have in the, in my side. Nathan Cleary, you just got to have him. 97 points probably will update by a fair bit. I think last week he updated 30, 35 points. So. I reckon he'll post some really big scores in the run home. But at the moment, I mean, if you if you did go SJ and Hines, it's probably not hurting you too much. So maybe any combination of those three will be okay. Um, you know, it'd be good to sort of write down and have a look back on it in six, five or six weeks' time and just see which was the best combination for the run home. Cam Munster, Harry Grant, 52-47 respectively. That's more than acceptable against the Panthers. I mean, they're going to spark up when they get some uh, easier matchups. Uh, Saturday 3 p.m. game. Pretty surprising Saturday 3 p.m. game. I'm not sure how this happened with the networks, but Cowboys versus Broncos, not on free to air. Yeah, that surprises me. But, yeah, cracking game of footy in the weather. It was dry, dry track up there in Townsville. Uh, Broncos just answered another test, 30 points to 14 winners without Adam Reynolds. Uh, so they had a little bit of turmoil there with him pulling out late for the game. Um, I thought My thoughts on the game were Murray Talungi was very good at left centre um, for the suspended Val Holmes. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't look out of place at all for, for the Cowboys side, but I also feel like the Broncos are looking like a genuine premiership contender. So the Cowboys sort of made that run and now they've lost two games in a row. They're going to have to find a second wind because they've had to sustain it for a fair while to get themselves back into top eight contention. And now they're in a real dogfight with those teams that are sort of lingering around the sixth to tenth position. So we'll see what happens there. I think, like, the biggest thing I took from the game was Paddy Carrigan. Jeez, what a game he had. That was just a thing of beauty watching him. Like, for a ball-playing lock, just if you wanted to be a young person that was a ball-playing lock, go and get that game from Paddy Carrigan. And he's not that well-known for his ball-playing, but this is the biggest thing about Brisbane is they test you so much in the middle and they've got so much improvement in them with players like Pat Carrigan. He's improved out of sight, but he, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a special player, but also then you've got Payne Haas with their pre-line and, and offload pre-line passing and offloads. When they start to bring that into the game, um, yeah, it can challenge any side. And that's, that's why I'm starting to think they are a genuine threat. You know, you've got Reynolds um, kicking game, hopefully, he can overcome whatever his injury was uh, for Broncos fans. And, yeah, look out. They're on the march. 
Okay, a uh, few of the scores. Scotty Drinkwater, he's sort of like my super pod in fullback. 69, I thought he tried really hard against a good side. What to do, what to do with him now? Do I cash him in and maybe sort of upgrade a few players there or do I just sit on him and hope I win this uh, head-to-head knockout final this week and then I've got him there still as a super pod and maybe he can get me through to the big dance of my cash comp. Um, That's the question I'm asking myself. He obviously frees up a fair bit of money, so I will be tempting to, yeah, to trade him out, but we'll see. Uh, Paddy Garrigan, 125, like I said, that was just a a supreme game for a ball-playing lock. Uh, Payne Haas, 96, he was running a muck as well. Katoni Staggs is on a bit of a tear, 79 points there for Katoni. Uh, I thought Brendan Piacura was really good. I think Ricky's due back next week. He was sort of 18th man this week, which sort of makes you think he's probably back next week. Does Piacura drop out or does he offer you more potentially? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, Ricky's a pretty good defender. And Pierre Curry did have some issues with his defence in a couple of early games, um, just positionally, I think. But he's a fairly good technical defender. But, yeah, certainly his footwork in attack and some of the lines he's running, pretty impressive. Selwyn Cobo, 72, handy intercept try there at the end. And Reese Walsh, 60. So that's fair, but I mean, I, I think those people that are on Reese Walsh, it's, it's probably for a reason you think the Bronx are going to really finish the season off well. And um, I think they will, but I'm just not in that boat. I think they're starting to spread the way that they they attack as well. It's not all around Walsh. So, yeah, we'll see. Okay, probably whew, one of the best games to watch anyway of the weekend was the Newcastle Knights 30 beating the Dolphins 28 in the first game over at Perth. Ah, again, like so good to watch some footy on fast, dry tracks. And uh, Perth had that. It had a pretty good atmosphere. I was, I was surprised. I, I know they mentioned it on the commentary how good the atmosphere was for a circular stadium. But, yeah, some of it was weird. It's like they were doing a Mexican wave the whole time. Or it was like back when you had COVID and they did that – um fake crowd noise because, like, they were sort of cheering or there was, like, a constant murmuring going on even at points of the game when it didn't even make sense. So, yeah, interesting one there. Um, yeah, the Knights, they're flying at the moment uh, and they just continued it in this game versus the Dolphins. But the, the Dolphins, like, they just hung in there. They had no right to be in that game. Uh, they've done that a fair bit this year. And they made it really, really close. And I think they were a bit worried there at the end, the Knights, because they're probably not the most polished team. Like, they're playing some great footy in that, but they've got some howlers in there, like blokes like uh, Gamble and that. They can make some head-scratching decisions. You know, they're effort players. But, yeah, Greggy Marzu had a, had a bit of a shocker, to be honest. He got exposed pretty bad in defence, which happened a fair bit at uh, – um, at the Titans, and that's why they moved him on. But he seems to have been pretty good uh, until this game. So they sort of did it a few different ways. They got on the outside of him, but they also, um, you know, that one where Zarko come from nowhere, just jumped above him as well is probably one of his weaknesses. So don't be surprised if he gets targeted a little bit. 
there for the rest of the year as well, although they've got a pretty good run, the Knights. Jermaine Asako, 119. Yeah. Like, I mean, it would be remiss of me not to say, it's like his season has been truly remarkable. To come in and play on the wing for a foundation team and be the leading point scorer and he's one try off leading try scorer, that is phenomenal. So full credit to him. I, I didn't think he was that good a player. I really didn't. Um, you know, what he did at the Bronx was pretty good. He was a decent finisher. He kicked pretty well. But, yeah, what he's done this year is outstanding. But it was interesting to see that he gave up the kicking. Like he's got a bit of the yips around how much he's hooking the ball. So I can't imagine someone who is leading point scorer and has kicked all year is not going to come out next week and kick. But, yeah, he's he's sort of a little bit out of form with um, controlling that hook and it's got a little bit out of control. Uh, Connolly Lamuelu, yeah, I sat him on the bench, of course. He got a try. Um, good bounce back for him after the HIA game. I don't think many people would have played him, but, um, yeah, he's capable of doing that. He, he can score those tries, nice footwork. Kalen Ponga, just in supreme form. Costing my head-to-head, actually. Like, uh, fair play to the lad that I'm playing. He had the vice-captain on Kalen Ponger, and I wasn't watching that closely, and he's obviously switched the captain late onto Ponger after, you know, I looked like I was in a pretty commanding spot with the 150 to SJ, and he's caught me off guard. I had the VC on Ponger, but, of course, I've got Sione Luke, uh, Sonny Luke, sorry, um, you know, in the bench there, and I think you got two or something. So it was never an option for me to use that VC. I don't think I even had um, an AE player that I could have even used it on. So, but yeah, KP is a generational talent. It's just so good to see him fit and firing. And I think he's going to take this night side to the finals. I really do. I think he's going to take him to the finals. And um, they're probably a team that you wouldn't want to play. I mean, I don't think there'd be a lot of teams that would overly fear teams like the Sharks or the Raiders, but if you're matched up against the Knights, they might give you a little bit of trouble because they've got some real strike players. Uh, Dane Gago, a 70, just so consistent. The tackle breaks he, he, he had, yeah, I, I'm really going to put him in the black book and have a look at him for next year because a player like that, he probably doesn't play Origin again uh, now. He's, he's probably finished with Origin unless they had an injury crisis in the outside backs. But you could probably lock him in and leave him there for the season. Um, and if he can produce that sort of average and that consistency of scores, I mean, it saves you a lot of trades. So it's something to consider. Greg Marzu, like I said, poor game, but picked up that ball, scored a good try, got 50 points. So... Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, to the upset of the round, the Sharkies, 26 points to 16 winners over the Rabbitohs. Who saw this one coming? Uh, sometimes we get carried away, I think, like with Supercoach and even NRL-wise, but just with some of the narratives and it's like, oh, Souths are going to come out and they're going to kill the Sharks and that sort of thing. And I think everyone just believed it because not so much because the Rabbitohs were going so well because they didn't go that well against the Tigers the week before, but more so how bad the Sharks were going. But in fairness, 
if you look back at their game against Penrith, they didn't score a point, but they played pretty tough. And it's a different economy against Penrith, but that there was actually some signs that they were coming back into competitiveness. So they hadn't dropped off a cliff. So, and they could get a second wind and challenge again. And that's sort of that'd be a credit to their coaching staff if they can do that. Um, I just felt like, apart from Cam Murray, I've seen this on probably oh, I reckon five or six occasions this year where Souths have just come out so flat. They're just lacking the intensity that you need for an NRL game. Um, apart from Cam Murray, I feel like he really tries his guts out from the start. But I don't know what it is. They're like, Are they overconfident or is it a mental preparation issue? I really don't know. We're probably going to talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, you know, Demetrio probably summed it up when he told his team, you need, we need to make a decision, we need to make it quick on what the season means to us. So that's where they're at. They're at a bit of a crossroads. At the- yeah, for the Sharkies, nice hit back. Their season did look gone, but all the good work they've done at the start of the season gives them a chance uh, to go through a little bit of a slump and come back. Last probably NRL built on the game is Talis Duncan looks like a serious player. So, you know, he's continuing this evolution of lightweight forwards in the mould of a sort of Cameron Murray, Cam McInnes, um, you know, but he reminds me most of Jamie Bura. Like he moves that quickly like a Jamie Bura in his prime. He's, pro- he's probably quicker and more agile. Like when he when he breaks through, he's very quick. He showed that a couple of times this year. So, yeah, I mean, he's one to pencil in as a possibility for Supercoach next year, but also just keep an eye on him for future. Uh, let's have a look at a few of the scores. Damian Cook, Cam Murray, Latrell Mitchell, all 67 before updates. So pretty solid scores. Uh, Trell Mitt, I was a little bit disappointed with. Like not disappointed with his effort. He just didn't get much opportunity. I mean, a couple of his passes early to Munro, if they had to hit the mark, I mean, that would have been try assist, line break assist. So, they weren't that far off it early, but once they uh, the, the possession turned around and Cronulla had a lot of it for the first half and then a lot of the second half until South went on that spurt, which they can do in any game. They're, they're capable. Well, Trell Mitchell just sort of faded out of the game, which can happen when you're playing fullback. So uh, Alex Johnson, I wish I'd traded him in last week. I mean, that's, that's a big missed opportunity by me, but... Uh, 65, he looks really good, uh, had a try and a try assist. Cody Walker, 50, I mean, that's acceptable, but I think owners would be wanting more. A Tyrone Munro, 47, could have been 147, seriously. Um, he had a bit of a shocking night with his hands, a poor young fella. I, I'm, I'm not sure what Demetrio will do there. He might bring back Milne, but, like, geez, the kid looks like he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of potential. He just sort of had a bit of an off night. So, yeah, he's only, I think he's only 18 or 19 years of age. So how he bounces back from that will be interesting. And whether South do keep the faith in him and give him another game, I think there'll be a few owners that will be keen for him to get a game against, you know, possibly, yeah, possibly a St. George team. And, you know, he'd be on, he'd be on the right-hand side and, um, yeah, that, that left-hand side defence of the Dragons has been leaky as. 
Uh, Campbell Graham, 44. Nico Hines, 96. Solid game from Nico. Just accumulates, like I said. The amount of times he just puts his hand out, like runs sideways, puts his hand out, then offloads the ball. Um, yeah, five points. It was just straight away five super coach points. I reckon he did that about four times, so that's 20 points. So he just has a way. I, I don't, he's obviously not doing it for super coach, but just the way he plays is very conducive to super coach scoring. Uh, Sione Katara I thought was one of the best players on the field, 75. Uh, Britton Nicara looked dangerous at times, 45. So that's about his floor, I think, at the moment. He's he's playing pretty decent footy. Rightio, on to the Sunday games. Uh, Parramatta, oh, jeez, they sent a few um, jitters through the camp there. 26 points to 20 winners over the Dragons at Para Stadium or Combank Stadium. But I'll tell you what, at 20 points to 10, the Dragons were looked like causing a massive boil over. Um, my main thoughts on the game um, are not so much around Parramatta, but I will say about Parramatta, I think they're a side that's capable of challenging the big sides. I just I think they, they have trouble um, with the lower sides and... And that I'm not sure, quite sure that they're like top, top echelon, I think. But I do think that they're a side that will come out and match teams physically. And if things come off with them and the way they attack, like with their offloads and things like that, then, yeah, they can seriously challenge sides. I just don't know if their defense is quite up to it to in the big games that they could make a run from the bottom of the eight. Of course, they got to make the eight, but even if they made the eight, can they win? What do you need to win? Four games in a row? Is it four games? Yeah, maybe four games in a row. So to win the comp, I'm not quite sure they could do that against top quality teams. Um, yeah, but my thoughts are like the Dragons are a side that could bounce back very quickly in 2024. I mean, Flanagan knows how to win. Uh, the spine is more solid and they have a good team around it. So, like, you have a look at uh, Talatau Moan. He's playing some of his best footy. Uh, Fee Guy, the winger, he's got some defensive issues there, but that's probably system issues as well. So I think they'll work that out. Uh, there's the Molo brothers, the Couchman brothers. There's some good uh, young players coming through. I... I do think a lot of their problems have been more cultural um, and that, but, you know, you see them play a game like they did today and you're like, wow, they're a side that can compete. They can seriously compete. So if they get a bit of confidence with winning winning a few games in a row, then I think they're a side that could make the eight next year. Uh, that was probably the best game or best 40 minutes I've seen Sloan play today um which is promising I, I always felt like he he was a player that was sort of much hyped but didn't he, he he was lacking a few fundamentals like his positional play at fullback and things like that but he's gone away and worked on that a little bit and um he's certainly better the last three or four weeks from Lomax has been so good seriously like I don't know what's happened to him but since Griffin's left as coach um, yeah, I mean, his output has been outstanding and hopefully he's starting to realise his potential because he's a, he's a serious player. He might be in a bit of trouble for a few weeks for that head slam. Okay, having a look at a few of the scores. Bryce Cartwright, he killed me. He killed me. I was ahead by 100 uh, in my head-to-head and my opponent had Cartwright and Gutho and um, I was sort of going into it. I had Hopgood 
And I was thinking if Cartwright and Hopgood can just be a push, you know, they both score around the same and Gutho gets under 100, I'm in the box seat here. And Gutho got 78, but Bryce Cartwright comes out and scores two tries, 116. But he has been playing good footy, so fair play. Uh, Ryan Madison, nice try assist there to Paul, Polo, uh, 79. Jermaine Hopgood, 55. I mean, he's probably going to up, update a fair bit because he gets those offloads. He, he might go up to 70, but it's not going to be enough for me to to win because um, Bryce Cartwright and Gutho have got some some updates to happen as well. Makali Ravalawa just turned it on. Four tries, 133 points, but you can't really have any St. George players at the moment. Okay, last game of the round, and Canberra took out a close one against the West Tigers, went right down to the wire. Uh, Appy Coruscant, yeah, Appy is just dead set putting Tigers on his back. I mean, I've never seen a hooker play a more dominant sort of game in terms of how much he's he's involved in it, how much he gets out and sets up things. Sometimes he's overplanned, but geez, he played well today and he almost got him home against the Raiders. Oh, look, I mean, I, I'm not here to bag the Raiders out, but I think their for and against tells you that that they probably are pretenders. Like they'll, they'll, They might make the eight and – you know, that the best thing they got going for them is their ability to win close games because every game they've won is close. Like they they haven't won a game by more than ten points. So that that would say that they'd probably stand them in good stead for finals, but in my opinion, the quality is just not there. Like I just don't think they're that good a side, but I think they've willed their way into games and uh, they've won some games uh, on the back of tactics you know, testing referees, things like that. But certainly they're a side that um, has the will, like they have all. They generally turn up. There's been a couple of games where they haven't turned up, but they generally turn up and are ready to play. And I think it's um, it's a credit to Ricky Stewart. That I just feel like they've probably overachieved uh, a little bit, but it looks like they're going to make the eight now. Like they've got a pretty good run, but... Yeah, I, I don't think many teams would fear them. I mean, they, they might jag a win in the finals, but I just can't see them winning two finals games. <laughs> Sounds like, yeah, it, it, I can feel these words coming back to haunt me because uh, Timmy and the Spy are big Canberra fans, but, yeah, no, I just can't see it. Uh, in terms of the Tigers, they're building towards next year. You can see with the new halves, they, they'll have a team around it. Like I think the question probably asked, like, why are they playing, you know, Brooks and Dane Laurie when they're not going to be at the club next year? So, and, like, Brooks is going to Manly and Dane Laurie's going back to Penrith. But, like, they're, they're clearly the, the best two halves options that they have at the moment at the club, and that's been a big issue for them throughout the year, which I've spoken about sort of ad nauseum. But... I think the team around them starting to look good. The you know the long, young lock forward Bolle, he looks special. Um, they've got their forwards are humming a little bit. Like Appy's starting to take control. They're starting to learn how to run off him. Uh, you know, Jareen Buller is. You know he's got to, he's got to get through second year syndrome, but geez, he looks like a player, and his uh, his efforts just there. So they've got a serious team. Junior Tupo, Stafford Tyre. Yeah, I mean, 
like they're going to get two wooden spoons in a row, but I think there's some green shoots there for them. Joey Taps, uh, he looked really good, breaking a lot of tackles. Uh, only 58. He didn't play that much time. He, he went off for a long period of time. Corey Horsburgh, 53. Johnny Bateman, 45 against his old side. Um, Isaiah Papali, I thought was pretty good, 57. Again, they're not sort of popping out at any of these scores. Appy Coruscant, 55. So uh, there wasn't too much relevance in that. And with, with either of those teams for Supercoach, I've got a couple of them. I've got Bateman and IPAP, but I didn't play Bateman. Um, so he's just like an extra second row forward. And, and one of them probably becomes a feeder for me if I can find the cash. So, Okay, that brings us to the end of our games. Question from the Supercoach spy. He says, where do you see South at? Can they do a proper number on the Saints to benefit Latrell, AJ, and Munro owners? And he says, thoughts on Cody. Well, with the first question, Spy, like, yeah, of course, South Sydney can do a number on on the Saints. I mean, at this time of the year, sides that are out of contention for the eight, like the Saints, like the West Tigers, uh, and teams of that ilk, I guess the Dolphins are there now, like, they generally turn up one week, might not turn up the next week. Like, it's hard for them to get up week on week. Um, so if they, if South Sydney really, you know, have a bit of a true session, get in there, come out and play with some intensity and throw that attack at them and the pass a stick, yeah, they could put a huge score on uh, St. George for sure. But I think St. George are playing pretty decent footy. Um, but, yeah, that, that's why I brought in Latrell, um, you know, and, and I wish I'd probably brought in AJ because, South Sydney should be putting a bit of a score on the Saints, but they're just not there at the moment. Um, what are my thoughts on Cody? I think their attack looks a bit clunky, um, the South side, but like, well, if you looked at the first 60 minutes, but then then they can look unstoppable. It, it's really strange. Like They're a really strange side like that, and they can put points on so quickly. Like That's the thing about them. They break down opposition right-hand sides in particular just with their shift. Um, you know, it's how deep that Murray digs into the line. Then he goes out and the depth that Walker gets at it and then his pace to get out to that player and and then you've got Luttrell in behind. So, And then one of the best finishers in the game in, in Alex Johnson. So, yeah, it can happen. I mean, but I don't know if anyone can honestly say what's going to happen with South for the rest of the year because – I actually saw a graphic, I think it was on um, Twitter or something like that, which showed South after 11 games, I think it was, were, were leading the competition. And since then, they've only got a better record than West Tigers. So, yeah, I mean, this is not something that's happened overnight. Like, they've been struggling for a while. Um, now, I, I, I like, I didn't verify that or anything. I haven't gone back and had a look. So could have been something from last year. So I hope I'm, I hope I'm accurate there. But, I mean, it does feel like a fair while that they've been off their best and people just thought Latrell Mitchell's going to fix everything up. And maybe, like, they're slowly getting towards that. But, yeah, certainly against the Sharks, they were very disappointing. I mean... The attack's one thing, but their defense has fallen off a cliff. Like early in the season, they looked 
the reason why I was talking about them besides Panthers as a top echelon was because their defense was so good. Um, and then, yeah, at some stage or another, their defensive efforts and systems have just fallen apart. So we'll see what happens with South. I mean, it's not too late. I mean, there's enough time for teams to make a run. What have we got? Four games left before finals. You can def- definitely generate some momentum there. And South are a side that can beat anyone. We know they've got that quality. Okay, thanks for listening this week, and we'll catch you next week for the weekly wrap. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.